we are getting God's answer to Habakkuk, and this answer leaves him more confused and upset than if God had never answered him to begin with. Have you ever felt that way, confused or upset by something God said, either in his word or in prayer, or longing or just wailing out the question, why, Lord, why, while you are in good company? Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. Join me today as we dive into episode 135, and we are praying our way through Habakkuk 1, verses 12 through 17. But before we do that, let's open with a bit of worship. We are in two passages. Uh, The worship part is focused today on God's holiness. The first is Isaiah 57, 15, and it says, For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. And Exodus 15, 11, which says, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? So those are the two verses. Let's just go straight to worship. Father, I thank you for this time and for this reminder that you are holy, set apart, having no sin. That's just kind of mind-blowing when you really dwell on it. You are eternal and you are holy. The beings in heaven worship you as holy. That's what they just can keep saying over and over and over. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord our God. You are high and lifted up, and you inhabit eternity. You you never end. You are outside of time. This idea that you not only created time, but you inhabit all of eternity. You are here in all of eternity, and you are holy. The verse says majestic in holiness, and I affirm that today. I, I worship you for that today, for being a sinless, eternal God. And I'm amazed that your purpose or one of your purposes is to dwell with those in contrite and lowly spirits, to revive the spirits of those of us who are lowly and contrite. And I pray that you would turn my heart towards that, towards a lowly spirit, which that means humility, not something negative, but in essence, that you would draw me into humility. There is no one like you, majestic in holiness awesome and glorious deeds and doing wonders. And I pray that I would have the heart that worships you for those things throughout the rest of my day today. In this time this morning, as we are coming before you and we are lifting not only your words back to you, but just the cry of our hearts, I pray that you would receive those in a spirit of offering, that they would be sweet to your ears. Pray that we would listen well, that we would respond to your spirit well. Pray that you would teach us through this passage, that you would not only remind us who you are and who you want us to be, but how you want us to be. And I pray that you would give me the words and the focus and the quietness of spirit to listen to you and respond in the words that I'm saying this morning and bring anyone who needs to pray with us here today. 
or on the replay, either one. But just that you would use this time like you want it to be used. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Today's passage is Habakkuk's response to God's answer. So Habakkuk, in the first part of chapter one, had asked God, why do you let evil run rampant and why don't you do anything about it? And God's response was, oh, but I am. And you won't believe it. The Babylonians, that evil nation who worship their own strength, they are coming to punish my people. And Habakkuk today is like, wait, what? How can that be? How can you let a nation that is more wicked punish one that is less wicked? How can you essentially exalt the more wicked people? How is that right? And while Habakkuk had complained about the apostasy of God's people, that they had left and abandoned God's law, there was still a remnant that was faithful. And therefore, Judah was, at least by some degree, more righteous than Babylon. So in this passage, you hear Habakkuk also refer to God allowing mankind to act like lower animals, fish and crawling things with no judgment or constraint. And he mentions he bringing them up with hooks and dragging them with nets. Now, he in this part of the text is Babylon. And while this language is figurative and or metaphorical, I don't remember technically which it is. It also has a basis in reality because the Babylonian captives were sometimes led away to captivity with a hook through their nose, which was intentionally both painful and humiliating. And there have also been Mesopotamian rock relief sculptures found that show prisoners being dragged off to captivity in nets. So Habakkuk's response was God is this second question of, if God won't judge the Babylonians, who will? Where is the justice in this outcome? How can God tolerate this? Why would you do this, God? Have you ever felt like that? Like God's answer to you leaves you more confused and more upset than when you started? Or in this place of longing to understand or crying out in pain, why? Why? Well, that's where Habakkuk is today. So let's see how he deals with it. This is Habakkuk 1, 12 through 17. And it says, I'm going to read the whole thing and then we'll go back and pray through it. The text says, Are you not from eternity, Lord my God? My Holy One, you will not die. Lord, you appointed them to execute judgment. My rock, you destined them to punish us. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. And you cannot tolerate wrongdoing. So why do you tolerate those who are treacherous? Why are you silent while one who is wicked swallows up one who is more righteous than himself? You have made mankind like the fish of the sea, like marine creatures that have no ruler. The Chaldeans pull them all up with a hook, catch them in their dragnet, and gather them in their fishing net. This is why they are glad and rejoice. This is why they sacrifice to their dragnet and burn incense to their fishing net. For by these things, their portion is rich and their food plentiful. Will they therefore empty their nets and continually slaughter nations without mercy? All right, that's the passage. Let's go through that one in prayer. Father, this question of why, why do you let this happen? Why are these circumstances going on? Why is this pain happening? Why are evil people allowed to flourish and righteous people are slaughtered? Like, why? We don't understand that. I echo this question to you 
which I'm sure is the cry of so many hearts today. But I also emulate Habakkuk's response. He could have walked away and complained. He could have walked away and asked this question to his friends, but he didn't. He brought it back to you because you're the only one with the answers. You are the one who knows. Anything else could just be conjecture and complaining. But when we bring the cries of our hearts to you in prayer, you graciously listen. You want us to be in this place where when we have questions, we bring them to you. And I appreciate Habakkuk's example in this case, these questions that he had, which are common to humanity, but also very specific in his situation. He brought those to you and he laid them before you and he didn't whitewash this idea, this idea that the Chaldeans were evil, that they worshiped their own strength and their own might and their own ability to inflict their will over others, to oppress other people. This was what they worshiped. This was where their strength was. Why would you allow them to punish your people? This cry of our heart is brought before you by him and by us today. And I I pray that you would continue to train us to bring our emotions to you and not just our desire for understanding. Like I know that there was a desire in Habakkuk's heart for understanding, but there was also this emotion of, I don't understand. I'm confused. Why? Why is this happening? I need to understand, Father. And I pray that we would continue to bring this to you in our own personal cries, in our own personal uh, torments even. These things that we don't understand, that we don't know how to deal with and don't understand why you aren't dealing with them the way that we think they should be dealt with. So help us learn to do that. Bring that to you. All right, let me switch to the text here. Habakkuk begins with worship. Are you not eternal? You are the eternal one, and you are his holy one. He lists both of those things in this verses, in this the beginning verses. And I that's why we began worship today with those two things. You are eternal and you are holy. And we understand that. And it's a good reminder to us that we recognize your holiness and your eternal nature. And that puts me in the in the correct position <laughs> regarding you. You are also, he says, Lord, my God. You are not only the eternal God, but you are my Lord. I recognize your sovereignty in these decisions. Habakkuk recognized that you had appointed them to execute judgment. You had destined this to happen, and this was your choice. And he was recognizing that you are sovereign and you can do as you choose. That's not the question here. And I also recognize your sovereignty in our lives and Pray that that would also be a question that is resolved in our nature, that regardless of whether you answer us or not, you are God, you are sovereign, the things that you destine will happen. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. You tell us this, that is the problem with humans, right? The, the reason, Jesus, that you had to come, we have done evil, we have sinned. And you cannot tolerate wrongdoing. There must be a, a punishment, a, a result, a, the word I want is gone. <laughs> it's that way. It starts with a C. can't believe I can't think of it. Anyway, you won't tolerate wrongdoing. There are consequences to our action. That's the word. There are consequences to our actions. 
You can't tolerate wrongdoing, so why are you silent? Pray that you would answer that question for us as you answered Habakkuk. Pray that we would bring those questions to you, that we would look around at our lives, but not only would we bring those to you, we would respond in worship. That while we recognize that we have these questions, we also recognize that you are sovereign. I pray that we would use this as a model for bringing those things to you, for bringing those struggles, those hard things, those painful things to you, and that we would not be counted among the people who are worshiping their own strength, their own might, but that our worship would be in the right place, that would be centered on you. I'm not sure what it's going to take to work that into each one of our lives. I don't have the right words to ask for those individual things, but you know I pray that you would draw us to that place, deepen our relationship, deepen our trust, and grow our dependence on you and our recognition of who you are and our ability to bring all the things to you. Maybe ability isn't the right word, but our willingness to bring all the things to you, that this relationship that, that I have with you, that, that everyone listening has with you, would be very real. And real in a way that, that is this conversation that we see between you and Habakkuk. That this is a conversation that our emotions are involved, that our intellect is involved, and that we are continually asking and listening to you. And that you continue to draw us into a deeper, more real relationship. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all for today, friends. Thank you so much for joining me in prayer. If you're listening on the Grace in the Gravel Road Facebook page, I so appreciate you being here, and I'll be back on Wednesday with the beginning of chapter two, where Habakkuk, we're going to do one verse, (laughs) one single verse, and we're going to lean on that um, for a bit on Wednesday. So I will see you back here on Wednesday for that. If you're a podcast listener, subscribing to the show and sharing it with a friend helps spread this idea that we can come to God in prayer using his own language. We are brought to you by Grace in the Gravel Road, helping Christian women grow a God-first life and business. And my heart is that as you and I do this two times a week, that we will grow in our prayer lives, that God will use this time to answer prayers in mighty ways. But most of all, I pray that you'll fall deeper and deeper in the love with God who gave us these words. Amen. Amen.